Please pray with me real quick. Father, thank you for revealing yourself through your word and revealing yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. Pray that his word would penetrate our hearts to transform us, because it alone can transform us. God help me. Amen. I hope you all have a Bible with you. If you can please open it to Colossians 1. We'll be reading Colossians 1 13 through verse 23. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless, and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which was been, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven in which I, Paul, became a minister. My hope and prayer for you all is that through this sermon on Colossians that you would either be reminded of the glories of the true Jesus, what He has done for you, or that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to the glories of Jesus, who alone can save you from being under the father of lies, the devil, Satan, and transfer you to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Our society is infatuated with heroes, superheroes, something that has more power than us. You think about uh, the movies recently, the Avengers. Uh, there's been netting over probably billions of dollars throughout the world. Because our society is just infatuated with something that has more power than us, something that can save us. We feel like we don't have enough power, or that we don't believe in one that has enough power, let's put it that way. We see it everywhere. Um, at work, we have people telling us, well, if you do this or that, or you do this exercise in the morning, you'll be fulfilled. You'll be full. Or um, uh, sports, um, especially sports are, are a big thing right now. It's not football season, but uh, basketball season. Um, we always want to idolize sport heroes and think, of, well, if we just watch this person, we might feel full after watching this program, this sports event. We all have different messiahs that, messiahs that try to basically take the place of the true Messiah. I recently heard a pastor say that, uh, quoting, theology on the short run will slow you down on mission, so basically in this life. But in the long run, it will sustain you for a life of mission, so basically walking in step with the gospel. If you think deeply, you can worship deeply. You need your theology to go as deep as you want your worship to go. 
If you Googled the state of theology um, by Ligonier Ministries and Lifeway, they do this every two years. They go through and, and, and see, basically ask questions on biblical doctrine, theology to evangelicals, or at least people proclaiming to be an evangelical. And I'm just going to give you a snippet from that and just kind of see the state of theology in those who call themselves evangelicals. 52% agree that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. It's almost half agreed to that. 51% agree that God accepts the worship of many religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 78% agree that Jesus, Jesus was the first and greatest being created by God. 78% believe that. They also went and just took a snippet from the millennials, so people who are 18 to 34, so I would be in that. I'm a millennial. 62% of the people they asked agreed that only those who trusted in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior received God's free gift of eternal salvation. 64% agreed that there would be a time when Jesus comes to return to judge all people who had lived. So almost only less than 40% of people agreed that if they trust alone in Jesus Christ as their Savior to receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. That's shocking. Those are people who are planning to be believers in the evangelical church. And there's, there's a reason why we need to know who we worship. So in the book of Colossians, so believers at Colossae have been influenced by false teaching. Um, this is why um, is, this letter is written mainly. This is outlined in chapter 2. And I'll just give you a brief outline of what the issues that they are facing themselves. So this is outlined in Colossians 2.8. Um, such things as philosophy and empty deceit, not according to the world, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. So basically, possibly these, these uh, so-called shaman or teachers, these false teachers were coming in and teaching things that weren't of Christ, of the word of Christ, but they were teaching philosophy of the world, the ways of the world, telling you that they had to have this to be true believers. They were being warned not to take the world's teaching as their foundation, or to be deceived into thinking the world can be, could, can't explain God and God's word better than he can. Also, they are passing judgment on you in questions of food and drink. So these false teachers were doing this in regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath in verse uh, 2.16. They are advocating for food restrictions and Jewish sacred days. They were adding that they were had to follow these to be true believers. Also, um, they were insisting on asceticism and worship of angels. So asceticism is basically like uh, severe self-discipline to your body. With regard to the, fe- uh, or basically are doing this to go on in detail about visions puffed out without reason by a sensuous mind. So they, they, they basically, these false teachers are saying, if you practice this, if you do this, you'll be full. You'll have the fullness of true believing. So basically, these Christians at Colossae were claiming to be Christians who are losing, they are basically losing connection with the head of the church because of false teachings of basically worshiping angels that were giving them all this. Which the verse that basically stands to reckon would be uh, 2.23, which says, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, so these false teachings, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism, and severity to the body, but they are no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. No value. So you might be asking, so what is what is a value in stopping the flesh? 
at the question that might come up. So these false teachers were probably coming from the, the local area in southwest Turkey, modern-day Turkey today. Um, the local folk belief, folk Judaism, folk Christianity, kind of a mixture. But uh, that's the main gist of what Paul was trying to fight here at Colossae. So what happened, the church at Colossae was started uh, by Epaphras. He was a, a faithful disciple who actually probably went to Rome where Paul was imprisoned. Um, came to faith, God saved Epaphras, Epaphras came back, started the church at Colossae, and that's uh, where we pick up in Colossians 1. So if you look at Colossians 1.13, probably one of my favorite verses in Colossians. So again, he has delivered us, so the Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. So there's a big, great transfer so you were once in the kingdom, the domain of darkness over here. So Jesus alone can transfer you over to here, kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of light. Only this Jesus, the biblical Jesus, can only do that. No, no false teaching uh, would ever proclaim something different. Um, would proclaim something better. I'd say not different, better. So if you move on to Colossians 1.15, so he is the image of the invisible God. Think about the image of the invisible God. So the same Jesus that Sam has been preaching on in Luke for the last, what, year or so? So that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Just think about it. So they saw the image of the invisible God. And we can see that through Scripture. And one day we'll see him again in heaven or when he returns. The, the important part here is that it's the, the image and not an image. You think about this, uh, in America we do the same thing. In India, I was a chance to go to India, and uh, they have temples, of course, everywhere, shrines of uh, so-called gods, lowercase g, uh, made of brick, stone, mortar, uh, anything they can basically make up. So basically that's their image, their image of God, and they just want to put Jesus with that. But same thing with here in America, we have images of our saviors, our Messiah. We get things in place of Jesus as well. So behold the image of God. Going on with 115, he's the firstborn of all creation. So what's this firstborn of all creation mean? Uh, the same phrase is used over and over again, but in Psalms uh, 89:27, and I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. So he's talking about King David here, the firstborn king in old in the Old Testament. So the same firstborn, like in Hebrews 1:6, Jesus is God's firstborn. So it means the the supreme over all, or the the eldest child in uh, in Greek and Hebrew. That's how it's used. So not it does not mean he was created. Like the Arian controversy in the 4th century basically said that Jesus was created. He's a created being. And guess what? Today, Satan's not, he's not smart. He does the same thing. So Jehovah's Witness, same thing. They believe the same thing, that Jesus is a created being. False teaching. Moving on. So in Colossians 1.16, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him. So by Him, all things were created. So God used Jesus as an agent. So when He said, 
He breathed into creation, said, let it be. It was through Jesus. He was there. He said, when he created the animals, the sea, the earth, that universe, that was through Jesus. He's the agent. It was by him. All things were created in heaven. So the stars, the moon, the universe, the galaxies that we don't even know exist yet, that we keep finding, and on earth. So the animals, the creation we see, visible and invisible. So even protons and anons, that attraction, that was created through Jesus. Where the thrones are dominions. So he's going through here, basically giving you different levels of angelic beings. Um, right here. So, yes, God himself created angels. And he gave them the ability to fall. That's why he didn't create the evil in them. He gave them the ability to sin. So all things were created through him. So by him, through him, Jesus. So he's supreme over entire order and material, immaterial realms, the earthly and the heavenly spheres, the human and angelic creatures. Uh, you can see this again in Romans 8, 38-39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus is supreme over the created order. Things visible, invisible. Colossians 1.17 He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Christ is present before the created world. He sustains all creation. So He created all things, visible and invisible, and He sustains it. We might think, well, water sustains us, food sustains us. But technically, Jesus is sustaining you and creation. He takes care of the birds of the air, fish of the sea. Climate change is not an issue. Jesus sustains all things. He will to the end, and it will soon be reconciliation. Because in him, he does what he what he holds together. Yes, yeah, so Jesus holds that together. So behold, the one who holds it all together. As you see here, so in Colossians 1.16, it said, by him, so by Jesus, through him, in him. So all by Jesus, through him, in him. You get it here? It's clear. So it's all often thought that Colossians 1.15 through 1.20 is a, an early church hymn or maybe a, a, a poem. So that's why we see some repetition here. But Paul wanted to make a point of who Jesus is. So in Colossians 1.18, He is the head of the body of the church. Christ is supreme over the international church, or the, you could say the universal church. He's supreme. He's the head. No pastor, no famous teacher, no priest. Jesus is the head of the body of the church, so not this building or around, but us, the believers. Christ directs the church through the Word by His Spirit. He also gives it life and strength by the Spirit. So he doesn't just, He's not just the head. He's a sustainer. He sustains creation. He sustains the church. You move away from the sustainer, the church falls. In Ephesians 1.22 and 1.23, um, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Colossians 1.18, continuing on, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent or supreme. You could basically say supreme. So he is the beginning. So going back 
who is the first to be raised from the dead and never die again. That's what that means to be firstborn from the dead. He's the first one to die and come back to life, defeat death for eternity. That in everything he might be preeminent. So his resurrection gives proof that he will be resurrected one day, that we will be resurrected, the believers will be resurrected one day. He is a death overcomer. How often do you fear death? Is this the Jesus you believe in? Why? Why do you fear death? I tell that to Emily all the time, but she says, well, wait till at least the kids are probably trained or something like that. So she needs help. So behold the one who conquered death. So going on, 119, for in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So this Jesus, that everything came through him, is by him, is from him, in him. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He's the image of God. So yes, of course, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell there. Same thing he's saying in Colossians 2.9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Only God could do what we have just examined from the biblical Jesus. So moving on. So behold what Jesus has done. Behold what he will do. I, I struggle with those last two points I have on that sheet. I just kind of put them together. It is what it is. So in Colossians 1.20, So and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. All creation needs reconciliation. So it says through him again. So through, through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things. This is not talking about universal salvation at all. This is not talking at all about all can be saved. It's saying that God himself is reconciling the world through Jesus. So the physical world that he created is all through him. He's going to reconcile that one day. The kingdom of God will be fulfilled here. Earth will be reconciled. This fallen world, Adam and Eve, sinned. That's when the fall happened. And we have, that's why we have so many problems. We have weeds in our gardens, our yards. We have problems. We have to actually go feed ourselves. We have to get clothes to clothe us because in South Dakota it's cold. I don't know what it feels like to be naked in the perfect temperature Adam and Eve had before the fall, but apparently it was. Let's think about it. Not sure if that's 85. I don't know what that is. So even the, the believers and non believers will be reconciled. So believers reconciled through Christ, non believers, there's reconciliation happening. It will happen at the end. They will face judgment. They will be reconciled to God and the eternal damnation in hell. That's reconciliation. The only way it could happen. So whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So we are reconciled through the blood of the cross. And this basically declares that Jesus himself, the Christ, is over cosmic powers of evil and will be reconciled. All evil. As in Romans 8, 20-22, For creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. All the problems we're facing is just this growing pains. 
little childbirth pains. Not that I know, but I've seen it. <clears throat> so in Colossians 1.21, so that is, behold, the biblical Jesus, 115 through 120. 121 and 123 is based on the explanation of the gospel. Colossians 1.21, what you once were, and in Colossians 1.22, where you now stand, and then Colossians one twenty three is how you will go on as a believer. <clears throat> so Colossians one twenty one, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. What's it mean to be alienated? You're separate. You're lonely. You're away from God. You can't be in His presence. This is before Christ, before you're saved. Hostile in mind, building hostility. Most people ain't well sports. So, I mean, the Packers coming to Minneapolis, that's hostility. Or vice versa. But it's worse than that. Way worse. Because in Ephesians 4.18, they were darkened in their understanding. So, people alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance as in them due to their hardness of heart. So before Christ, you were hostile. You hated God. If you're apart from Christ, you hate God. If you could have, I'd say if Jesus was here to give an illustration, you know, if people get in fights, they get you kind of up against a wall, they put you like right here in this jacket, they put you against the wall. That's how hostile you would be, a fist in Jesus' face. That's how much you hate Jesus. You hate God before Christ saves you. So, because you were under the dominion of darkness, you remember Colossians 1.13. You had to live to use from the dominion of darkness, because you can't get out of that apart from Christ. You're in the dominion of darkness. And 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, The God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the believers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Before you're saved, all you did is evil deeds or evil behavior. That's all you could do. Ephesians one, uh, sorry, Ephesians two one through two, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and once you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince, the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So again, you're under the dominion of darkness before Christ saves you. Colossians 1.22, so where you are now standing in Christ if you are saved. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So again, the great transfer, like I said earlier, dominion of darkness, kingdom of light, of the beloved sun. You can switch it, doesn't matter which side, but... You have been transferred to the kingdom of light of the King Jesus. No more hostility if you are in laud in laud to Christ under the law of grace and no condemnation. So basically, in laud to Christ, you're under the law of of grace and not of condemnation. You now love the one you once hated. So that remember that hostility you have against the wall, fist in his face. God saves you by the power of the Holy Spirit, regenerates your heart. God the Father sees you through the lens of Jesus. So he's seeing you through Jesus the Father, God the Father, by declaring you holy and no, with no imperfection. So he's seeing you like glasses, see better. So God the Father is looking through Jesus and seeing you 
through Christ, if you're saved, with no imperfection. He sees you as blameless. The Father sees you as innocent of any wrongdoing. It's the same thing. Looking through lens of Christ on you, seeing you as innocent of any wrongdoing. So, of course, you're above reproach. You're free from accusation. From the judgment seat, there's nothing against you because you're seen through Christ. You're in Christ. You're in law to Christ. You're under the law of grace and mercy. So, believer, if you indeed, in Colossians 1.23, if you indeed continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and in which I, Paul, became a minister. If indeed you continue in the faith. He's not saying you won't continue. He's suggesting you will continue if you believe and the Holy Spirit dwells within you. It's a warning to stay stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. Jesus, so the same Jesus I've proclaimed in verses 1, 15 through 120, the only one that can transfer you from the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of his beloved Son, kingdom of light. But does not mean you can sit back and just chill. I'm saved. I'm in the kingdom of light. No, you got to keep fighting sin or sin will take you out. But if you're not fighting sin today, you never were fighting sin. As Philippians 1.6 says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's a promise. You're in Christ, you will stay that way. That's why you got to behold the biblical Jesus and stick to it. So you all have to ask yourself, how do you try to deviate from the biblical Jesus? The world surrounds you. They try to take you away from it daily. At work, on the way to work, the radio. Your so-called friends. So behold the biblical Jesus. So if you're apart from Christ today, then cry out to God. They will save you from your, the wrath to come. The wrath that came upon Christ on the cross. Propitiation. The wrath that we all deserve, I deserve, was brought out on Christ on the cross to pay for past, present, and future sin. Why would you deviate from that? Makes no sense. It's psychotic. I plead with you not to deviate from the hope of the gospel, Jesus. Jesus, the one who who uh, who, create, who basically made all creation, who through him, by him, brought forth, and now is a sustainer of not just creation, us, the church. He alone can save you from your unrighteousness. So don't deviate and run to another or any other additions to the biblical Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and how you penetrate our hearts with your truth. 
I plead with you that those who say would not look anywhere else but the biblical Christ. Knowing that our strength, our sustainer is Jesus. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.